0: hello and good evening it is saturday july 16th 2022 uh just almost 10 30 p.m or we're starting a little bit late here but it's time for our next edition of star trek radio theater here on live long and podcast it's been a couple of months since we've been all uh, we are here to do the star trek voyager episode death wish which is from voyager's second season episode 18 it aired february 19th 1996 In terms of Star Trek years, it's the year 2372. This is our fourth episode for season three of Star Trek Radio Theater, our 49th overall. This is a great story. It's a father-son combo, a story by Sean Piller and a teleplay by his dad, Michael Piller. Uh, Also want to give big thanks to Ashley Millard uh, and Kevin for their contributions to the script edits. And uh, and we'll bring out the cast at the end just to say hello and have a chat and talk about it all. But we hope you enjoy the show. We will jump in now. When When you hear the music. Cute. all right time to start and we started by hitting the first hand
1: we focus on the bridge a comet is crossing the view screen chakotay turns and begins to walk over to janeway
2: Its trajectory is erratic, and our sensors aren't detecting any stellar or planetary gravitational fields that could account for its motion.
3: Then you're saying it isn't a comet?
1: And yet, it looks, feels, and tastes just like a comet.
3: Well, there's a slight chance that there are magnetodynamic forces acting on the comet that are too subtle for our sensors to detect. Or it might be something we've never encountered before. Milana. Go down to transporter room two. Let's beam aboard a sample for examination. Aye, Captain. Harry, see if you can lock on to a core fragment. For once, I'm having no trouble penetrating the crust, Captain.
1: (laughs) We focus on the transporter room. Torres enters.
3: Janeway to Taurus! We're ready when you are, Lieutenant!
2: Setting up a Class 3 containment field, Captain! Field in place!
3: Commence transport!
2: Energizing!
1: A stocky male figure in Starfleet Captain's uniform appears and walks straight through the containment field.
0: Hello, my name is Q, and I'm not stocky.
1: focus on the transporter room. Torres is staring at the man claiming to be Q. But this is not the obnoxious and interfering Q that we know and love. Who is this imposter? This con artist? This fraud?
2: Torres to Captain Janeway. You'd better get down here, Captain.
3: Problem, Lieutenant?
2: Yes, ma'am. That transport from the comet? It brought a man aboard. He says his name is Q.
3: Red alert! I'll be right down.
0: (laughs) Oh, please don't bother, Captain. Let me take you to lunch instead.
1: The man claiming to be Q gestures and vanishes. We focus on the mess hall. The two appear, and everyone seems surprised. Several crew members get up from their tables, and everyone is watching with apprehension. The man starts shaking Janeway's hand.
0: What a pleasure it is to meet you! Oh, am I doing this right? It's been so long since I've had the opportunity to greet anyone!
1: Janeway looks angry. He gestures to the closest table.
0: Oh, here, take a seat. Allow me to make the setting... More appropriate.
1: The crew gasps as beautiful linens, fine china, crystal goblets, and candles appear on the table. There is a fancy-looking meal on the plates and wine in the glasses. Janeway is unimpressed.
3: My name is Catherine Janeway, Captain of the Federation- The Federation Starship Voyager. Yes, yes, I,
0: I know all that. Look! Welsh rabbit, like your grandfather used to make!
1: Neelix talks to Kess, trying to process what is going on. Rabbit?
4: She never told me she likes rabbits. What is
3: rabbit, anyway? Is this some kind of new chef she's interviewing? Please,
0: eat! It's the least I can do to express my appreciation. Appreciation
3: for what? For letting me out of my captivity! You were being held against your will? Inside the comet? In a manner of speaking.
0: And you, all of you, you're mortals, aren't you?
3: Who was holding you prisoner?
1: He ignores the captain's questions and turns to Kess.
3: And you
0: only live for nine years.
1: That's
2: right.
0: Oh, how I envy you.
5: What is that?
0: Because the
3: one thing I want more than any other is to die. Look, I don't know what you want here, but I know who you are. Every Captain Stoppler has been briefed about your appearances on the Enterprise, and I warn you... My
0: my appearances? Oh, you've mistaken me for... Oh, well, no matter. I really must get on with my business before the others realize I'm here. When someone asks you about me and they will would you tell them I said you know I've had three hundred years to think of the appropriate last words I wanted something more memorable you know quotable would you tell them I said I die not for myself but for you I know I know enigmatic provocative they'll understand well goodbye to you all many thanks here's the end of me
1: He raises his hand, and in a flash, all the men disappear.
0: Oh dear, that's not right.
1: Towards the chainway, all the
2: men have disappeared.
3: I'm aware of it, Lieutenant. Report to the bridge, chainway out. Bring them back,
1: now. He raises his hand again, but nothing happens. Oh! Oh, of course! Of
0: course! I'm... a little out of practice.
1: He tries again. Once. Twice. Nothing.
0: Well, that's that, I'm afraid. They're gone. Gone? Well... Just... gone. Oh, I apologize for the inconvenience. Mm.
1: He raises his hand again, and he and Janeway disappear. We focus on the bridge. The two reappear.
0: Well, good luck to you all. I really have to be going now. Return my crew! I... I'm not sure how. Humans... Humans! Who would have more recent experience with humans?
1: Another man in a Starfleet captain's uniform appears. This is the Q we know from the Enterprise. But wait, two Qs on the bridge? This could get confusing. Let's refer to the unfamiliar Q as Quinn.
2: (sighs) What have you done now, Q? That's just fine. Humans aren't supposed to be in this quadrant for another hundred years.
0: I didn't bring them here. Nothing to do with me.
2: How did you get out, Q? I'm
3: afraid we're responsible for that.
2: Well, I guess that's what we get for having a woman in the captain's seat. (sighs) You know, I was betting that Riker would get this command.
3: May I assume you're the Q I've heard so much about?
2: Have you heard about little me? Oh, do tell, has John Luke been whispering about me behind my back? Say, is this the ship of the Valkyries, or have you human women finally done away with your men altogether? There was a slight accident. A slight accident? Oh, let me guess. You were trying to commit suicide? Now you see why we locked him up for the last 300 years. (sighs)
1: Q snaps his fingers and the men reappear. They all look confused and out of sorts. Chakotay turns and begins to walk over to Janeway. Q is absolutely fascinated by him.
2: Facial art. Ooh, how very wilderness of you. Captain? All right, Q, we should be going.
0: I'm not leaving. Captain Janeway, I demand asylum. This is a joke. No, it isn't. I am officially asking you, Captain, to grant me asylum and give me protection from my enemies, which is him!
2: You would ask these puny humans to protect you from me? Fat chance,
1: as if. <laughs> Quinn raises his hand and makes Q disappear.
3: What did
0: you do to him? Nothing. He's still there in the 24th century. I just took the rest of us to an old hiding place of mine.
1: The ship shart. The ship does not shart. Hold on. (laughs) The ship starts shaking.
3: Report! Captain, there's no stars outside.
0: Well, that's partially accurate. Actually, there's no universe outside. On screen.
3: Commander?
4: I'm showing a large buildup of baryonic particles. Perfectly normal. Captain, based on our readings, it appears we've been transported back in time to the birth of the universe. Very old hiding place.
2: Oh, I know all the hiding places, Q. I hid here from the continuum once myself. (laughs) This ship will not survive the formation of the cosmos but just think of the honor of having your DNA spread from one corner of the universe to the other. Why? You could be the origin of the humanoid form.
3: Q, out of Q, get us out of here.
2: You heard the lady.
1: Back to your cell. Q disappears again. We're under attack! By a ship? Don't be stupid, Chakotay. What other ships would be at the birth of the universe?
4: My, my, I'm not sure what they are! Captain, I don't believe this, but according to my readings, we're being attacked by protons. We've been reduced to some
3: atomic proportions. He'll never find us here! Mr. Tubox, see if you can release a positive ion charge to repel them.
1: Ready or not, here I am! Q vanishes again. The shaking stops. Oh, what now? I'm checking. We seem to be tethered to some sort of large plant.
3: What's it, computer? I need a water angle.
1: They're an ornament on a Christmas tree. Q appears
2: on the view screen. You can't hide from me, Q.
0: And you can't take me by force. I'll stalemate you for eternity if I have to.
3: The hell you will. The vaunted Q continuum. Self-anointed guardians of the universe. How dare you come aboard this ship and endanger this crew with your personal tug Did anyone
2: ever tell you you're angry when you're beautiful?
1: Oh, my God! We're back where we started from, Captain! It doesn't
0: matter. I'm not going into that cell.
2: How would you like to spend eternity as a Gorokian midwife, Toad? Oh, just
3: try it. Stop! You want asylum? Fine. We'll have a hearing. A hearing? You
2: would have me put his future in your... Delicate little hands? Oh, so (laughs) touchably soft. What is your secret, dear?
3: When the captain of a Starfleet vessel receives an official request for asylum, there is a clear procedure to follow. I suggest to end your deadlock and uh, to save my ship that we follow it to the letter.
2: Well, this could go on for a millennium or two, I suppose. All right, I accept on behalf of the Continuum on one condition. If you rule in our favor, Q agrees to return to his confinement.
0: I have a condition of my own. If you rule in my favor, then the continuum must grant me mortality.
2: Why? So you can kill yourself? Exactly. <sighs> Accepted. Well, this is going to make for an amusing diversion. Will you send him to prison for eternity, or will you assist in his suicide plan? That's a taffy. But that's why they made you captain, isn't it? handle the real tough ones. My, my. Now we've got to find out whether the pants really fit.
1: We focus on Tubak's office. Quinn zaps in as Tubok is reading a pad.
4: Am I interrupting anything? I'm curious. Have the Q always had an absence of manners, or is this the result of some natural evolutionary process that comes with omnipotence?
0: What? Oh, you mean, just popping in whenever we feel like it?
4: That is one relevant example.
0: I apologize. At some point along the way, I guess we just stopped thinking about the little niceties.
4: So it seems.
0: But you mustn't think of us as omnipotent, no matter what the Continuum would like you to believe. You and your ship seem incredibly powerful to lifeforms without your technical expertise. It's no different with us. We may appear omnipotent to you, but believe me, we're not.
4: Intriguing. Just what vulnerabilities do the Q have?
0: Always looking for the tactical advantage, Mr. Tuvok. Very good. As a matter of fact, that's why I've come to see you. In a way, our vulnerability is what this is all about. As the Q have evolved, we've sacrificed things along the way. Not just manners, but mortality, a sense of purpose, and a desire for change, and a capacity to grow. Each loss is a new vulnerability, wouldn't you say? Why are you
4: telling me this? Because
0: I want you to represent me in the hearing. Me?
4: I have new legal expertise.
0: But I need someone who understands Federation asylum practices. Besides, Vulcans approve of suicide.
4: It is true that Vulcans who reach a certain infirmity with age do practice ritual suicide. Nevertheless, I fail to see how that fact would be meaningful in this circumstance.
0: I have the right to counsel, Mr. Tuvok. Will you assist me?
1: We focus on the hearing room. Tubach is sitting at a table with Quinn. Q is at a table by himself.
3: Let me begin by stating clearly that I expect all parties to act appropriately and with respect for these proceedings. I will not have this hearing turned into a circus. Is that clear?
1: Quinn nods. Q has not been paying attention.
2: Is that clear? Q! Madam Captain, we are dealing here with an issue of the greatest importance to the Q Continuum. I assure you we take this matter very seriously.
3: Thank you. And please don't call me Madam Captain. Since you've made it clear that your asylum would lead to suicide, you place me in a difficult position. I understand, Captain. May I ask you why you want to commit suicide? As difficult
0: as it is for you to imagine, for me, immortality is impossible to endure any longer. In the continuum... An individual has an obligation to be responsible to the path his life will follow.
2: His life will follow. Emphasize life.
0: I never yielded that obligation to the Continuum. If the path I choose leads to death, what right do they have to interfere?
2: He's putting his selfish wishes above the welfare of everyone else.
0: And if I don't agree with the majority, I'm to be locked up for eternity.
2: You would not be confined if you were not intent on harming yourself. With your permission, Captain, I would like to call an expert on the continuum to discuss the implications of the decision to be
3: made. Proceed!
1: I call myself to the stand. A second version of Q appears.
2: Ta-da! Thank you for coming. It's a rare honor to have someone of your reputation and accomplishment with us today. Oh my god, thank you. (laughs) Tell me, what would be the impact of a Q suicide? Oh, It would be an interruption to the continuum. It would change the very nature of Q.
3: Can you be more specific? No, because we're not
2: even sure what the end result would be. His suicide could have all sorts of unknown consequences to the continuum.
0: Precisely. It would force the Q to deal with the unknown for the first time since the new era began. They're afraid of me because they're afraid of the unknown.
2: How would you characterize his remarks? No Q has ever tried to commit suicide. Immortality is one of the defining qualities of being a Q. By every measure of the continuum, his remarks would have to be considered as mentally unbalanced. Mentally unbalanced. And no civilized people in the universe, including the primitive Federation societies, would condone the suicide of a mentally unbalanced person.
4: Tell me, Q, can you offer any other evidence of mental instability on the part of my client?
2: What more do I need? He wants to kill himself.
4: In fact, until this issue arose, he was known in the continuum as one of your great philosophers. Is that not true?
2: Not anymore, it isn't.
4: So, your entire basis for judging him mentally unbalanced is his wish to commit suicide. I submit that is a faulty premise. In many cultures, suicide is acceptable, and in and of itself cannot be used as evidence of mental illness.
3: I tend to agree with Mr. Tuva.
4: Falcons,
2: right? Oh my God.
4: Is it not true that on occasion, the Continuum has executed cues for certain crimes?
2: On rare occasions, yes.
4: Didn't their deaths create an interruption to the continuum? Their crimes created the interruption.
2: Their deaths ended it. I know where you're going with this, lieutenant. Do you? And it's not going to work. Our society, like any other, must control its disruptive elements. An execution may be undesirable, I grant you that, but on some rare occasions it is necessary and warranted. And the decision to proceed is only made after great deliberation by the entire continuum. You cannot imagine the chaos that would be created if individuals like Q here could choose between life and death.
4: This is a matter of social order versus anarchy. And you find nothing contradictory in a society that outlaws suicide but practices capital punishment?
3: No. Any other questions, Lieutenant?
4: Just one thing. Isn't it true that you yourself were once accused of being mentally unstable by the continuum? Were you not disciplined for inappropriate behavior?
2: Objection! I'll allow the question. My record has been
4: expunged. I will take that as a yes. Thank you, that is all.
3: You're
1: excused. The second cue vanishes.
2: If I may beg the court's indulgence, I have other witnesses to call.
1: So what end?
2: Your Captain, Honor, I am here to argue for the majesty of life. What it means to us to be alive. A Q's life takes him to all corners of the universe. This Q's life has touched and affected many, many others, including some on your own home world. With your permission, I would like to call some of those people whose lives have been changed by this cue.
3: You want to bring people here from Earth. I
2: promise it won't impact the timeline, and no one will remember ever having been here after I send them back.
3: This is most unusual. Do you have any
4: objection, Mr. Tuvok? I am as curious as you are, Captain.
1: Very well. Proceed. Q snaps his fingers, and three men appear. A hippie, a man in a full-bottomed wig, and a...
6: Bearded Starfleet Commander, we all know white well. Q. What the hell is going on?
3: My apologies, Commander. To you all, my name is Captain Jadwin. Captain Catherine Jadwin.
6: Yeah, USS Voyager. Oh, lady.
3: That's correct, Commander. You're aboard Voyager. We're lost in the Delta Quadrant. And as much as I wish you could tell them that when you get home, your memories will be wiped before you get back.
5: God, if you let me live through this, I'll promise I'll clean up my act, I swear. I demand an explanation! Why are you dressed like this young man? Man, have you looked in the mirror lately? Allow me to try to explain, Mr... Ginsburg. uh, Maury
6: Ginsburg. Sir Isaac Newton. Commander William Riker, nice to meet you.
3: Consider for a moment that it might be possible to travel forward in time, say to the 24th century, onto a starship 75,000 light years
1: from Earth. Nothing but blank looks from Ginsburg and Newton. Commander Riker is amused.
3: You're having a very strange dream. And in this dream you're seeing this man whom you've all met before.
5: Yes, I have seen that man before. You were sitting under the tree that day.
3: The day
2: the apple fell on your head? Yes, that's right. Quite a day, wasn't it? As a matter of fact, this man jostled the tree when he got up to leave.
5: Just before the apple
2: fell, yes and a new era in human science was born.
5: Wait a minute, weren't you the guy in the Jeep?
2: The guy in the Jeep who picked you up after your own vehicle broke down that summer afternoon. Isn't that right?
5: Oh man, he was a lifesaver. My van died and then they dragged it off the road because of all the traffic. It was backed up for miles. You were on your way to a job, weren't you? Yeah! I was supposed to be on the follow-up spot on the Tower 3. I never would have made it in time of war for him. Hey, what ever happened with that groovy chick with the long red beads in the back seat? I've been looking for her ever since you dropped me off.
0: You'll see her again, don't worry.
2: To sum up, you were a spotlight operator at an outdoor concert of some sort, a concert that was put in jeopardy moments before it was to begin because the entire sound system failed.
5: Oh, it it was no big deal. Somebody must have snagged an extension cord with one of the trucks, that's all. I'm just lucky I noticed it.
2: Yes, lucky you were at the right place at the right time, or it would have taken days to track down the problem,
1: and there would have been no concert.
6: Well, I'm sorry to say I have met him.
1: Riker looks to Q with contempt before turning
4: to Quinn.
6: But I've never seen this man before in my life.
4: Are you sure? Has it not been established that my client has been in captivity during all Commander Riker's lifetime?
2: Have you seen this
1: photograph before? (laughs) On an easel, a sepia picture of two Civil War soldiers.
6: Sure I have. That is Colonel Thaddeus Riker, after he was wounded at Pine Mountain. They used to call him old Iron Boots. He was in command of the 102nd New York during General Sherman's march on Atlanta. His picture was taken in 1864, just after they let him out of the Army Hospital.
2: And the soldier beside him?
6: I'll be damned. It's him.
2: As a matter of fact, he carried your wounded ancestor back from the front line, didn't you?
1: Mm
6: Mm-hmm.
2: My point is, Captain, that Q has had a profound influence on these three lives. Without Q, Isaac Newton would have died forgotten in a Liverpool debtor's prison, a suspect in several prostitute murders.
5: That's right.
2: Without Q, there would have been no concert at... uh... Woodstock... Wherever, more importantly, Mr. Ginsberg would never have met his future wife, the groovy chick with the long red beads, and he would never have become a successful orthodontist settled in Scarsdale with four kids. Far out. Yes, without Q, there would have been no William T. Riker at all, and I would have lost at least a dozen really good opportunities to insult him over the years. Oh, unless lest I forget, without Q, the Borg would have assimilated the Federation. Thank you, thank you.
1: The witnesses vanish.
2: This is the life Q treats without respect.
1: This is the life that he would give up
2: so
4: easily. May I remind us, hearing and my learned colleague, that for centuries my client has not been allowed to contact with anyone. At this time, we would like to reproduce the environment in which he has been confined.
2: I
1: object.
4: No, I'll allow this.
1: They all stand and Quinn raises his hand. We focus on the inside of the comet. It is very cramped.
4: These are the conditions my client would be forced to live in for eternity if you deny asylum, Captain. We
2: just want to give him time to reconsider his position.
4: I will never change my mind.
2: This is your own doing. You could live a perfectly normal life if you were simply willing to live a perfectly normal life.
3: I've seen enough.
1: Please return us to the hearing room. We focus on the hearing room.
4: I would submit that the quality of life that my client will have to endure should be considered in this proceeding.
3: I don't like those conditions any more than you do, Mr. Tuvok, and I wouldn't want to spend another day there if I were you, cute. But I'm here to rule on the request for asylum, not to judge the penal system of the Q Continuum. And he does have a point. You were confined to prevent you from doing harm to yourself? I've been doing a great deal of research, studying a variety of cultural attitudes on suicide to help me frame the basis of our decision. Mr. Tuvok, are you familiar with the double effect principle on assisted suicide that dates back to the Boolean Middle Ages?
4: I believe it relates to the relief of suffering. Does it not, Captain?
3: It states an action that has the principal effect of relieving suffering may be ethically justified, even though the same action has the secondary effect of possibly causing death. This principle is the only thing I can find that could possibly convince me to decide in your favor, Q. And yet, as I look at you, you don't seem by our standard aged, infirm, or in any pain. Can you show this hearing that you suffer in any manner other than that caused by the conditions of your incarceration? Any suffering that would justify a decision to grant you asylum?
4: May I consider... A request, or may I request one, by the way, because that's the proper way to do it, Captain? Granted!
1: We focus on the mess hall.
3: We're going
0: to lose, aren't we?
4: I would say we have not yet convinced Captain Janeway of the validity of our argument.
0: You're doing a fine job, Mr. Tuvok. It's nice to know someone believes in me.
4: I am representing your position to the best of my ability. It is most definitely not my own. I see no persuasive evidence that a life like yours should be wasted simply because you are disgruntled. Frankly, I see no logic to your position.
0: You... you surprise me, Mr. Tuvok. Which is a rare and special gift to a Q. Thank you. But may I say... If you only knew what life as a Q were like, you would see the logic.
4: Then perhaps what we should do next is take this hearing to see life in the continuum itself.
3: Captain Slug supplemental. I'm determined to find a better alternative to suicide or endless prison, so I've summoned the advocate Q to make him
1: a proposal. We focus on the ready room.
2: Yes! What is it, Captain?
1: Come
3: to the next session of the hearing and announce that the Continuum is ready to reintegrate Q into your society. You won't condemn him to that cell for eternity. And you will rule in our favor? I would consider it a very meaningful gesture by the Continuum.
2: How would you know if I intended to keep my word?
3: Based on my research, you have been many things. A rude, interfering, inconsiderate, sadistic. You've made your point. Pest. <gasps> and oh yes, you introduced us to the book. Thank you very much. The one thing you have never been is a liar.
2: I think you've uncovered my one redeeming virtue. Am I blushing? I wish I could help you, Kathy. I just can't. We're dealing here with the most dangerous man in the continuum. Now, I didn't tell you this, but one of his self-destructive stunts created a misunderstanding which ignited the 100-year war between the Romulans and the Vulcans. No, this man goes back into his confinement, but I would like to make it easier for you. The continuum is prepared to do you a little favor if we approve your your ruling. Look out the window.
1: Janeway turns, and just outside her window is Earth. She walks toward the window, emotional, at the sight of her home. Now you see it. Now you don't. Where the Earth just stood is now endless, empty space. We focus on the hearing room.
4: We are preparing to illustrate the nature of Q's suffering, Captain. But in order to do so, we must show this hearing what life is like in the Continuum.
2: And how do you intend to do that?
4: By going to the Continuum itself. Is this possible?
2: No. It's a ridiculous idea. You would never understand.
4: My client has the right to ask for an inspection of the living conditions that led to his suffering, Captain. I would agree with that. I suppose
2: you have some crazy idea how to pull this off. Yes.
1: Quinn whispers in Q's ear.
2: Only if... Fine, fine. We've agreed on a format for this little sojourn, but I still believe it's ill-advised.
3: I'll be the judge of that whenever you're ready.
1: They both raise their hands and look at each other. No, please. Quinn does the honors. We focus on a desert road.
3: This is the Q Continuum? A road in the desert?
1: I told you so.
0: This is a manifestation of the Continuum that we hope falls within your level of comprehension. This way.
1: We focus on a roadside building. A man and a woman in 20s clothes are playing croquet. Planets for balls. On an astroturf lawn. A scarecrow is in a Starfleet uniform, standing nearby. The sign over the door says, never closes, and the clock below it has no hands. A man puffing on a pipe is reading a book called The Old, while a young woman reads a magazine called The New." Someone plays the Continuum Galaxy Pinball Machine. The away team walks past a panting bloodhound.
3: Good afternoon.
1: The queue looks at them, but says nothing, going right back to what they were doing before Janeway interrupted.
0: I apologize for their lack of hospitality, Captain. We're not used to visitors here. In fact, you're the only ones who have ever come.
4: Then what is the purpose of the road?
0: The road takes us to the rest of the universe, then leads us back here, an endless circle. This was your existence before your confinement? I traveled the road many times, sat on the porch, played the games, been the dog, Everything. I was even the scarecrow for a while.
3: Why? Because I hadn't done it. Oh, we've all done the scarecrow. Big deal. I can't say I un- entirely understand what I'm seeing here, but these people don't seem to be suffering. Of course not. They're happy people, happy people. What's there to feel sad about?
2: Look at them.
0: They don't dare feel sad if they only could. That would be progress.
2: Oh, the philosopher speaks.
0: (laughs) When I was a respected philosopher, I celebrated the continuity, the undeviation of Q life. I argued that our civilization achieved a purity that no other culture had ever approached. And it was wonderful for a while. At the beginning of the new era, life as a Q was a constant dialogue of discovery and issues and humor from all over the universe but look at them now. Listen to their dialogue now.
4: I'm afraid I cannot hear any.
0: Because it has all been said. Everyone has heard everything, seen everything. They haven't had to speak to each other in ten millennia. There's nothing left to say.
2: Well, I don't know about you, but I appreciate a little peace and quiet now and again.
0: It's ironic, isn't it, Q?
2: I don't know what you mean.
0: Of course you do. That of all people, you of all people, should be arguing their case.
2: I believe in the ultimate purity of the Q.
0: You, who were banned from the continuum and made mortal to pay for your crimes?
2: My penance has ended. I'm a born-again Q. That life is behind me.
0: What a shame. Because in many ways, that life inspired me. It did? I did? Oh, Yes. You never knew that, did you? You see, Captain, Q rebelled against this existence by refusing to behave himself. He was out of control. He used his powers irresponsibly and for all for his own amusement. And he desperately needed amusement. Because he could find none here at home.
2: And I paid the price for my inappropriate behavior?
0: No, no. We paid the price by forcing you to stop. But for a moment there, you really had our attention my attention. You gave us something to talk about, but then you surrendered to the will of the Continuum like a good little cue, and may I say you become a fine upstanding member of the Continuum. But I miss the irrepressible cue, the one who forced me to think. May I borrow this?
1: Quinn takes the magazine from the woman and shows an article to Janeway.
0: This was the beginning of my fall from grace. This was my last edition, by the way. They shut down the presses after I wrote that.
1: Janeway takes the magazine and looks down at the article. My corner of the continuum. I'm ready to die. How about you?
0: But they couldn't keep me silent. I continue to speak out in favor of self-determination.
2: That's when he lost his mind and started trying to destroy himself. We had no choice but to confine him. But it's for his own safety.
0: Not for my safety, for theirs. I was the greatest threat the continuum had ever known. They feared me so much that they had to lock me away for eternity. And when they did that, what they were saying was that the individual's right will be protected only so long as they don't conflict with the state. Nothing is so dangerous to a society. My life's work is complete, but they force immortality upon me. And when they do that, they cheapen and denigrate my life and all life in the continuum all life captain you're an explorer what if you had nothing left to explore would you want to live forever under those circumstances you want me to prove to you that i suffer in terms of something you can equate with pain or disease look at us when life has become futile meaningless unendurable it must be allowed to end can't you see captain for us the disease is immortality
1: We focus on the hearing room.
4: We rest our
3: case, Captain. Very well. I'll make my ruling in the morning. We'll be in recess until then.
1: We focus on Janeway's quarters. Janeway rolls over in bed and comes nose-to-nose nose with Q wearing a nightcap.
2: Wobble sleeping. Did you ever try Calarian goat's milk?
1: Janeway leaps out of bed and puts on her dressing gown.
3: Get out! Did you think about our offer? You mean your bribe?
2: Merely an incentive to make the
3: proper decision. It'll play no part in my deliberations.
2: No, I told him it wouldn't. That's why I talked them into giving you what you asked for. You have my word, he won't go back to the cell, we'll sign someone to look after him. Whatever it takes. It's what you wanted, isn't it?
3: That's what I wanted.
2: So you've won! Let's celebrate! Just you and me. The two of us. (laughs) What? I'll take you home. Before you know it, you'll be scampering across the meadow with your little puppies, the grass beneath your bare feet, a man coming over the hill way in the distance waves to you. You run to be in his arms, and as you get closer, you think that it's me! You! Forget Mark. I know how to show a girl a good time. How would you like a ticker tape parade down Sri Lanka Boulevard? The captain who brought Voyager back, a celebrated hero! I never did anything like that for Jean-Luc, but I feel very close to you. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because you have such authority and yet managed to preserve your femininity so well.
3: Leave!
2: We'll talk about this after the hearing tomorrow. We
1: focus on the hearing room
3: i've tried to find some way to reconcile all the conflicting emotions i felt during this hearing my own aversion to suicide my compassion for your situation q it hasn't been easy i've tried to tell myself that this is not about suicide but about granting asylum that i am not personally being asked to perform euthanasia and as technically true as that may be i cannot escape the moral implications of my choices I've also had to consider that a decision to grant asylum and a subsequent of Q might have a significant impact on the continuum. That such a decision could change the nature of an entire society, whether it be a favorable or unfavorable change to serve me greatly. But then there are the rights of the individual in this matter. I don't believe that you are mentally unbalanced, and I do believe that you are suffering intolerably. Under these conditions, I find it impossible to support immortality forced on an individual by the state. The unforeseen disruption that may occur in the continuum is not enough, in my opinion, to justify an additional suffering by this individual, so I hereby grant you asylum.
2: I see you in your chambers, Captain?
3: You've been in my chambers enough for one visit, sir.
2: A sidebar, Your Honor.
1: Only for a moment. She ruled in my favor. You made a promise. Q snaps his fingers. (sniffs) Quinn does his vanish gesture.
0: Nothing happened. Nothing! My
3: powers are gone!
2: I'm mortal. Well, so much for ticker-tape
3: parades. I'm not finished, Q. Now that you're mortal. You have a new existence to explore, an entirely new state of being filled with the mysteries of mortal life, pleasures you've never felt before. I like this life cube. You might too. Think hard before you give it up. This hearing is adjourned. Captain's Vlog, Stardate 49301.2. We have assigned quarters to our new passenger, who has entered his name on our crew manifest as Quinn. I'm anxious to engage him in ship activities as soon as possible.
1: We focus on the ready room.
2: How about Stellar Cartography?
3: We could shut down Stellar Cartography with all the knowledge he'd bring to the job.
2: Well, that's going to be a problem with just about everything we assign to him.
3: There's got to be something on
4: board that will... Sickbay to Captain Janeway. Go ahead. Captain, I think you should come down to Sickbay. Mr. Quinn is here. I'm afraid he's dying.
1: We focus on Sickbay. Janeway enters.
3: There's nothing you can do? He's ingested a rare form of Nogach hemlock. There's no known cure.
0: I'm sorry to disappoint you, Captain. But I only would have been pretending to fit into this mortal existence. This is my final gift to my people. Oh. Tell them that those were my last words. I dearly thank you for making this pod. Oh. My.
1: And dies.
4: Doctor, do you generally keep samples of fatal poisons in storage? No. The replicators will not produce them either.
3: So how did he get his hands on Nagach Hemlock?
2: I got it for him.
4: You assisted his suicide?
2: Illogical, Tivok? I don't think so. By demanding to end his life, he taught me a little something about my own. He was right when he said the continuum scared me back in line. I didn't have his courage or his convictions. He called me irrepressible. This was a man who was truly irrepressible.
3: I only hope I make a worthy student. I imagine the continuum won't be very happy with you, Q.
2: I certainly hope not. We're born, Madam Captain. We will meet again.
3: Q.
0: Star Trek Voyager's Death Wish. Uh, we got a great cast uh, for this one. I'm Dave. Uh, this is my wife Jane. She was playing a, a bunch of roles including Commander Chakotay and Lieutenant Torres and uh, Cass. Well, ca- Chicken Cass, I believe. Uh, I no, that. there was no chicken. Uh, no chicken. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also had uh,
6: two of our Nobody big
0: chickens. roles tonight. We had uh, Michael Chan in the role of Captain Catherine Janeway, as well, and we had Jessica Chan in the role of Q. Uh, Q... Uh, prime, or uh, well, not the non-Quinn variety, as I was playing. Uh, great job to both of you. Uh, excellent, excellent. Good job, uh, guys. A lot of dialogue, a lot of speeches between us three, especially. <laughs> and, and of course, Tuvok, who was played by Tom Mott Tyrell, who's playing Tubak in this one. Uh, was He was, you were by Matlock in this one. You have to represent in this courtroom drama. We had, uh, as our narrator, we had Ashley Millard, also as Tom Paris. Uh, we also had Kevin Millard in the role of uh, Harry Kim and uh, the doctor, and you were one of You were Neelix. Neelix. <laughs> kind of we're I like you, anyways, was Neelix. Yeah, you were about to be replaced by a rabbit uh, as the <laughs> chef, I don't know. Of course, we had some great cameos tonight. We had Jeff Mater playing two roles, talking to himself. He was Maury Ginsburg, Far up, man. As well as uh, Sir Isaac Newton. May or may not have killed a bunch of prostitutes. We're not sure. But, you did a good uh, job with that. Nice. That Very was
5: nice. where I came from when I prepared the role. <laughs> yeah. that, was your, that was your research? Was-
0: uh, but, okay, and then we had Commander uh, Riker uh, as played by... Uh, <laughs> Now now where Davin is, it's already tomorrow, so
5: you know it's a very late (laughs) night
0: for him.
4: What the hell is going on? (laughs) What the hell is going on (laughs) What's going on in Nova (laughs) Scotia? It's tomorrow. tomorrow.
0: (laughs) I thought this one was a lot of fun, guys. Like uh, I, I know I know I know for some of you in the supporting roles there wasn't as much for you to do because it's a lot of speeches in this episode. So I apologize, but I think it was a good one to do. Uh, this one, this one, I think is like one of my favorites, which is why I really wanted to do it. And um, we hadn't done Voyager in a while. It's been like almost we hadn't done one this year yet. So uh, it was, a, I think, a flashback was the last time we did Voyager, which feels like a long time ago. So um, glad, glad we got that one in the books. I um, hope you all enjoyed. If you, any of you, uh, you know. Want to
3: go to bed? I do. (laughs) But before I do, my Paramount Plus and CBS overlords require that I say that tomorrow, please uh, watch Blood and Treasure, season two. Oh. Blood and and Treasure. Blood and Treasure.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And you have your new uh, your new role on uh YTV. Is that uh, uh public yet? You're casting now, Dave.
3: Now it is.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh no. They broke you... it.
3: Also, oh, no. this coming October 13th, please tune in into <laughs> <laughs> OutTV to watch Ezra. Ezra. Not Ezra.
1: On OutTV. Not Star Out yeah, TV. OutTV. Yeah, OutTV, yeah. So that's the, the gay vampire that. one, right? That yeah. is
3: the vampire okay. one. Yes. It is an amazing show. Yeah, I think everyone is gonna like it. It's just very urban fantasy and uh, highly recommend it. Is it uh, out.
4: out or oot? Oot <laughs> <laughs> October
3: thirteenth <laughs> uh, October 13th on Out TV. Out
0: Americans <laughs> <laughs> you gotta troll us. It was one American. He's like, oot oh, TV.
2: Did you know Americans? There's a region in the US that actually also says oot and a boot, and it's like I can't remember, but it's called something raisin. That's like the term for
4: it and then our version minnesota comment. i would imagine but. <laughs> it's kind of like right across the border <laughs> <laughs> jessica it's the part of the border that's not protected that's where they Whoa, do that. It's like it's most the that East coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's
0: a long border absolutely well very exciting stuff going on with michael uh and and, and. Maybe even more secret things we don't know about yet, but it's a. It's, it's a I'm star. sure they will tell you. Well, I'm sure I'll tell you about it, even if I'm not Live. supposed to. Live, yeah Live on the air uh, to the public. Um, I won't. I won't tag Paramount Plus or.
4: Anybody. Hey Jeff, I'm sorry. I'm not going to make it there tomorrow either.
2: Did anyone feel like, without the context of like seeing Riker on screen, <laughs> that that like <laughs> thing that Davin's whole speech sounded like like an old man? They used to call him
1: Old Iron. Man. Oh.
2: Old (laughs) iron,
0: yeah, that's my great grandpappy daddy's right.
2: (laughs) Let me tell you, back in those days, they didn't have no cell phones
1: recognizes a picture of their ancestor from 500 years ago like i swear to god if someone showed me a picture of my ancestor from 500 years ago and they were like don't you know this i'd be like no
2: (laughs) i always forget that in star trek though their knowledge of like 20th century is always like perfect they listen to like music from the 1960s that would be me like jamming out to like Oh yeah, I love this. They're 300
1: years in the future print. and they know their ancestors from the Civil War. If someone showed me an ancestor from Civil War time, I'd be like, I have no fucking clue who that is. But Dave, you that might that know your ancestors. I well, gotta like, admit. To be fair, David, David and I know, <laughs> we know more about our
0: ancestors. Jacob Horn. Accurate.
1: Great grandparents. They could show me a picture of my great grandparents and I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, they, it,
4: sometimes it depends if they showed a full photograph and then I can get an idea.
1: Wait, he also yeah. had like a perfect knowledge
2: of the Civil War too, not just knew who he was. He was like, Let me tell you about the Civil <laughs> War.
1: Well, he name his kid either. after that guy. Yeah, this is when he got out of the
3: hospital. He had a very detailed like accounts of where he went and when. I don't know. Maybe the Riker family is just really lo- ancestry.com.
0: Yeah, they, pa- they pass down the stories from generation to generation. Oh, perhaps. So they, they know maybe. their stuff.
2: Flashcards when they're two. Okay, now who is this? Sh- this is sh- a
6: <laughs> yeah well remember is, uh, he he grew up in Alaska so he is American and the Civil War is still pretty recent
1: that's, that's true yeah. yeah they care <laughs> about that shit listen
3: I hope that you know you know 10 20 generations of Chans later they'll look back and be like that one on the old thing called internet movie database that's our great 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 great, 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 great. Don't need what do you guys
0: think of my death scene there where I was like oh thank
2: you for telling them for the
0: possibility that now she's like and he's dead dead i He's love
6: dead. it i believe it i called it jim did
2: you guys ever watch that movie called real genius with Val Kilmer?
6: Uh, it has no. a line oh. in it it's like my
2: favorite it's like it reminds me of the immortal words of socrates He said i drank what <laughs> <laughs> those should have been his last
0: words
2: i drink what <laughs> i drink what <laughs> I was that was what I, I thought i
0: thought it was just some nice fruit uh anyway <laughs> That was the end of Quinn. This has been our reading, our live reading of Star Trek uh, Radio Theater Death Wish. We'll have the edited version out sooner than later, hopefully. And uh, we are going to come back with another one very soon. Um, Jeff Mater's got a wedding coming up. So we got to get, you know, we got some big events, uh, family coming our our way. Um,
5: Congratulations. Thanks. You know, if it hadn't been for Quinn showing up to get me there on time, I just don't know if it ever would have come together. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ruby Chick with the Long Mm -hmm. Repeats.
0: Yeah, that's who you're getting married to. Uh, You're going to settle down mm-hmm. with four kids in Scarsdale, Jeff, and become a successful orthodontist. So it's uh, far out. Thank you all. Great job to the entire cast. Really loved this one. Uh, I know it's late, especially you, Davin. So I uh, really appreciate it. You should check out our Friends <laughs> podcast, including uh, Davin's podcast. Look, a track. Also, X-Man, the animated series X-Rated, uh, every Tuesday with Andre. Uh, you guys are doing the Phoenix Saga now, right?
6: Yeah, I'm doing the Phoenix Saga now, and we have an interview with the voice of Rogue on Tuesday. That's going to be fun. That's on. really cool. Awesome. Lenore, yeah.
3: Rogue yeah, was the best on that
6: show. Rogue's yeah. basically everybody's favorite. I'm going to ask her why she's everybody's favorite.
3: Because she's
0: she the best. So well. Yeah. <laughs> Former <laughs> member
6: of
2: Canadian Bro, Parliament. Too. I like, sh- I so, I so.
0: Uh, 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 Michael, Michael and Jessica, yeah. you guys got the Hellbound podcast with Alex Blackburn every Wednesday. How's that hmm. going?
3: Uh, it's it's going well. It's going really, really well. Uh, I haven't been on as often lately, so we we've been like just broadcasting interviews and stuff that Alex does uh, due to my 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 shoot schedule. But uh, they'll there'll hopefully be more of me soon. <laughs>
0: all right well that's, that's great um uh, check out the hellbound podcast with alex blackburn and sometimes michael uh, uh yeah all about
5: sam jerka dave and sam Sarah jerka
0: Mike. he's got let's talk about fighting games a video game podcast where they talk about fighting games check that out on spotify where we feature audio podcast plus here on live long and podcast we do monday nights star trek enterprise rewatch <laughs> Every Monday night, we go through another episode of Star Trek Enterprise with Jody Simpson, Adam Woodward, and Kevin Millard, and sometimes Davin.
3: We get supposed like to be you always one. say we've been told it gets better. so We keep it's getting good. told sometimes, it's better.
0: Sometimes
6: I show up and yell at them for not liking the show. Yeah, anymore.
0: he's like, why don't you like this more? Also, Star Trek Z Space <laughs> yeah, Nine at nine ish with Jeff Mader and the crew reviewing every episode of Deep Space Nine. We are not covering any active show right now uh, because uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds wrapped up their first season. We have a bit of a a, a gap here until Star Trek uh, Lower Decks Season 3 kicks up uh, later on in August. But uh, when all the new shows come out, we we have reviews and um, and comments on them. So check that out on our different playlists, whether it be Strange New Worlds or Star Trek Prodigy that I cover with uh, Jessica and uh, Davin which will be coming back later this year. Or it might be Star Trek Lower Decks, or it might be Star Trek Discovery with Michael Chan. So there are lots and lots of new shows coming up that later on this year or we've stuff we've already covered in the back catalog uh super mater brothers podcasting every uh sunday wednesday and thursday talk about big brother 24 right now and uh we talked about survivors he's in 42 we talked about uh, big brother canada 10 recently other different shows over on super mater brothers podcasting and trivial debates our monthly show we are with movies tv sports and more in like a game show format we got Jody Simpson set to host the next edition with Jeff Mater, Max Duda, and Chris Murphy competing. Check this one out. I think this is going to be a good one, guys. Uh, Jeff, you know what the questions are yet?
5: Nope.
0: Okay. Well, this this is a I guess this is next Sunday, right? Yeah, this is a week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So uh, get check that out. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern.
4: If you pause and zoom on uh, new kids in a uh, new kids in the hall, you know episode two, I think you can see part of Michael's left nut.
3: I, I saw more than that when I saw Kids oh, yeah. in the Hall. What?
6: You guys are starting to zoom I need some of the catch
3: cats come right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, check out Kids in the, the Hall good. episode 2.
1: <laughs> it's the glory up.
0: hole. <laughs>
5: Doing
1: an investigation. Give
5: us a time stamp on it, Mott. Give
1: us a time stamp, Mott. I don't know, but did somebody Matt. say
4: nice ass? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Enhance. <laughs> we have now all seen Michael's. Drunk. Yeah,
0: because on Kids in the Hall, you were credited as construction worker slash bathhouse guy or something. Yeah, sawd man. Oh, yeah, saw the man. They, I was like, kind of
2: seen where he was supposed to like. It was supposed to like look and it was a normal construction site and then he looks again and then it's the gay sauna so that with uh, the same
3: with the construction it. dudes now in the gay yeah, sauna. but they
0: cut out the construction part and you were they just a gay sauna. It, man. I, I mean I was the last glory tools. hole.
3: I was really good at those tools but I mean uh, <laughs> it's just too raunchy, you know. It's
2: unfortunate yeah. it's the last glory hole because I remember the CDC and like Health Canada were all for them for COVID. They were saying those were a great oh, way. Yeah. Of- oh, oh yeah, just- <laughs> glory <Glorials>. uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I, I could see that.
3: sanitary, but you're not going to get COVID. But- you're going to get twelve. <laughs> other I mean,
1: but, but then <laughs> we watched this documentary about the last glory hole, and we know why Health Canada was recommending <laughs> oh, glory <are> holes. <laughs>
0: Oh, on that note, I I think there's yeah. nothing left to say, guys. Like, uh, uh, we should sign uh, off for tonight. Six, oh, We've got it. We've got
2: everything. We've seen it all. Around. Like the Q continuum. You yeah. said everything uh, you possibly yeah. can.
0: All right, and in, in honor of Commander Riker, I think we'll go out on a Riker Man. clip here. All right, we'll see. What the hell is
4: going on? Yeah. <laughs> what I need, I can't get from Doctor Crusher. Well,
1: that's not it. Give me oh the my God. The you may be in the back room.